Street. Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. My very special guests this week are Florence, Nick and Lewis of the inimitable Dry Cleaning, the London band who have quickly seen a loyal fan base emerge thanks to their infectious style of spoken word versus frenzied post-punk. They'll be chatting to me about their awesome debut album, New Long Leg, which arrived a couple of weeks ago straight into our edit and also crowned our album of the month for April it was such a fun chat that I had with these guys. They are so, so great. Um, so, yeah, make sure you stick around for that interview coming up very shortly. So as this podcast goes out, we are approaching the end of our very first week back being open. Rough Trade stores here in the UK have had their doors reopened as of Monday, and it's been absolutely bloody amazing seeing customers and friends back browsing our shop floors and nurturing our counterculture I was down at Rough Trade East actually this past Wednesday and it was such an awesome feeling having a bit of bustle back in the store again and having our community vibe slowly relighting its fire. It was, yeah, really, really good stuff. So I have some amazing edit highlights for you this week. So straight into them. And first up, we have singer and composer Beverly Glenn Copeland, whose 1986 album, keyboard fantasies gets a 35th anniversary reissue courtesy of the wonderful people at transgressive um this is an ahead of its time synth exploration which somehow combines the essence of new age minimalism early detroit techno and the warmth of traditional songwriting check out this great one from the album this is the magnificent beverly glenn copeland with let us dance Next up, and we have Jen Wasner, a.k.a. Flock of Dimes, who releases her anticipated second album, Head of Roses via Sub Pop. This is an incredible album that paints a vivid picture of a post-breakup identity crisis through her distinctive use of sound, space and texture. We have a rather beautiful Rough Trade exclusive edition of this on Sun Yellow Vinyl, 500 copies only. I really, really love this album um, and in particular this song. So check it out. This is Flock of Dimes and Price of Blue. Silver Synthetic's self-titled debut is an absolute gem that oozes class, 70s-esque recording quality and tunes that instantly stick in your head. Um, the indie site rockers actually formed the band at a record store in New Orleans, I believe. So, I mean, got to be worth checking out, right? It is out on Third Man. You can grab this on translucent yellow vinyl and do rest assured you will be getting a ton of chime to the pound here. Here is one of my favourites from the album. This 
is the incredibly awesome Silver Synthetic and Around the Bend. And finally this week, we have Keelan Rose with her wonderfully soulful and oh-so-beautiful new album, Truly. Um, A tapestry of curious musical inflections are to be found here. We've got nods towards folk, jazz, ambient, electronica, and even a subtle influence of psychedelia. It never stands still to take a deep breath, despite its ethereal and delicate core. Um, We also have a really lovely transmissions performance from Keelan up on our Instagram TV, which you can check out right now. Highly, highly recommended. It is such a beautiful performance. Um, So thank you, Keelan, for that. And here is a taster from the album for you. This is Keelan Rose and To Me. And that is our edit highlights for this week. You can browse and buy all of our edit albums, of course, online at roughtrade.com or as of last Monday in a physical store in person with your own bare hands. Um, Maybe gloved hands, actually. Might want to check that. Um, I am chatting to Dry Cleaning Next, the shit hot new band you ought to have had on your radar for, well, at least two years. And if you didn't get the memo, here's a chance to play catch up and celebrate their brilliant debut album, New Long Leg. Thank you so much for listening and keep safe and I will catch you in the next one. Super happy to welcome Florence, Nick, and Lewis of Dry Cleaning to the Edit Podcast today. Hi, guys. Hello. Hiya. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat today. Um, undoubtedly, you are super, super busy. Um, and at the time of recording your debut album, New Long Leg arrives in just over one week's time. Um, so what is the feeling generally in the group at the moment? I imagine you're all pretty, obviously, excited to get these songs out into the world for everyone to hear. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> it feels like such a long time coming, doesn't it? Uh, it but does. yeah, we're super, we're super excited. Thanks for having us, by the way. So, yeah, it's nice. It's really nice to be here. Uh, yeah, we're su- we're super excited for everyone to hear it. And it's a strange feeling when you're so accustomed to something and you feel like you know it, um, and you, it's really easy to forget that no one else has heard it yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. I like how every time a song becomes public, it changes how I hear the song as well. I think the two singles that are out so far, as soon as they're kind of like in public domain, I hear them differently instantly. So I'm quite looking forward to how I will hear the record once it's out, once, once you know people can hear it. Yeah, like when you hear it on, I don't know, the radio or in a shop or something, 
I mean, not in a shop at the moment currently, but um, yeah, that was music or wherever you might suddenly hear it. Do you kind of stop and does it does it sound different? Do you notice things? Just change the channel, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite. It's always quite a surreal experience. I think hearing your uh, hearing your own music. Uh, yeah, kind of it, uh, in some sort of scenario other than you just listening to it at home to try and you know make some sort of mixed decision or yeah it's nice when it takes you by surprise I suppose yeah so that hasn't happened to that hasn't happened to me much if if at all maybe a couple of times on the radio mm -hmm. um yeah I, I look forward to it happening more often hopefully yeah <laughs> say, now is the time when it's going to kick off for sure <laughs> yeah yeah, so true. yeah. Um, I, hope so, I hope so yeah. Um, so I've read a little bit about you, your backstory and how dry cleaning kind of came to be. So originally it was a project um, by Nick, Lewis and Tom, is that correct? And then Florence, mm -hmm. you joined a bit later to kind of form the band that we all now know. Um, I wondered if you could just tell me a little bit about how that all came about. When was that? I don't know what year that was and kind of how quickly it all came together. Yeah. Well, uh, it was probably 2017, I think, that we started, the three of us started playing together. And I think Tom said this the other day, and I think it rings really true. It wasn't really a band until Florence joined, you know, like it was sort of, we were just mucking about. I think we we just sort of, uh, uh, we didn't really have, you know, we, we'd all done a lot of musical projects in the past, me, me Tom and, and Lewis had, and it just was, it came together at a point where we weren't doing much else. Mm -hmm. So it seemed it was kind of like a, you know, just a kind of time to hang out as much as anything. Um, and we're all really good friends with Flo. We managed to rope, rope her in to do it. Um, and when we started, there was, I mean, there was barely any ambition at all, really. I mean, it was just a case of just see what happens. We, we, and I don't mean that in a sense of see what happens with the kind of career of the band. I mean, it was like, see what happens when we just play music. Um, we didn't really have any ambition to do anything like we we didn't even really we we talked for a while about not playing shows mm -hmm. um and then we made a decision to kind of record the first ep before we'd done any shows and i think it was kind of off uh the reception of that that uh maybe kind of made us realize that we could do something with the project beyond just kind of playing together in a garage what do you guys think yeah it, it definitely started as just a social thing it was a reason to kind of just to hang out and get free food um my mum was cooking for us um yeah. so it was predominantly to get free food then a bit just to hang out and just a reason just a reason to do something kind of sunday i guess just kind of um and then constantly we've been surprised by opportunities that have been given to us um even quite early on someone said they'd put it on tape and we're like whoa someone wants to make 50 cassettes oh, wow. um and we were like pleasantly surprised and then constantly pleasantly surprised with how things keep going and still to this day kind of the opportunity opportunities that get put in front of us yeah yeah i was going to ask you that a bit later on actually but as we're on it i suppose the kind of accelerated interest in you guys is kind of just rocketed. I remember you guys played um, a Rough Trade Recommends gig at Rough Trade East. Mm. 
I think, was yeah. that 2019 or 2018? I think it might be 2019. Probably 2019, that one. I really enjoyed that show. That was really Yeah, awesome. yeah I, I enjoyed that show. Wasn't it on my birthday? I think it was like we, we did yeah. the show either yeah. on my birthday or the day before my birthday, 2019. It's, yeah, sort of like June. Yeah. So it was a really nice, really nice evening. I think we, yeah, I can't remember who we played with. Maybe Dana Gavinsky? No. The headline was, I know the guy's manager, I can't remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> Should really anyway, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but yeah, and sort of, particularly when bands play those gigs, obviously they're, uh, it's generally kind of emerging artists that we're really excited about and you, so you do kind of pay a bit more attention and track their journey from then on out and you guys it's just kind of exploded for you in a way hasn't it like Jules Holland and David Record signing to 4AD has it has it been a surprise has it been quite overwhelming at times or you just kind of enjoyed the ride very surprising yeah it's like all three really uh at different times but we try to enjoy it, you know, it's really easy to get overwhelmed or I find it easy to get overwhelmed. I think we all do it different times. Um, just cause you know, being pulled in different directions and there's so many different things involved, like just even just performing for cameras, like we quickly sort of realized it's, it's like a different skill, you know, and, uh, and requires like some sort of different, different sort of a different approach to like playing live and we've been doing that a bit more recently obviously also because of the pandemic and like mm. so I think like we definitely we definitely care very much about everything we do and, and try to do it um as absolutely like as best as we can and we think very carefully about what we agree to do as well so yeah because we're kind of naturally like that it, it can be a little overwhelming at times but but like essentially it's just a sort of an amazing turn of events, like to, to have so many people be interested in what you make. I think we're all just like really kind of chuffed about that. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a hundred percent agree with that. It, there's there's definitely like uh, it can feel like quite exposing at times, and it can it's kind of made me think about a lot of anxiety I didn't really realise I had, but the opportunity to work extremely hard at something that you've always wanted to do and that you love doing it's like such an unbelievable privilege you know um and we work with some really great people as well so it, it you know th there are times when it feels like a you get worried about really stupid stuff <laughs> but um like in general like it's yeah so it's such a crazy opportunity i never really thought that you know we'd have yeah. It didn't happen as well. We sat in Wimpy two years ago, probably <laughs> to the day, and had a conversation if we were going to be a band, because certain things started to happen a bit faster than our let's just do a few house parties and maybe release a cassette. And then we had a conversation of do we want to do this? And we weren't totally yes. <laughs> it's like, a proper conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm so glad that you decided to go for it. <laughs> I, rem yeah, so, I remember so we, yeah. <laughs> one of the members of staff in Wimpy came over and was like, what are you guys? And we were like, we're a band. I remember this and was like, was like what, what are you called? And we were like dry cleaning and he just laughed. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. Oh man. Um, so you worked with um, 
talking about you work with great people, you work with John Parrish on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, what was kind of that like? Was it an incredible learning experience, I imagine? And did you feel like you had, um, as much as you were learning, that you had all this freedom to kind of really explore and do the things that you wanted to do rather than kind of being led by lots of other people? Mm. It was, I mean, it was definitely an amazing learning experience for all of us. Like, he's a really fascinating person to watch work and um, to sort of tap into his priorities around music and, and the things that he really cares about was just really interesting to kind of observe, you know? Mm. Um, and, and yeah, but I, but I also think like he very sensitively uh, understood what we were trying to do like with each of the songs, like the world of each of the songs and the point of each of the songs. He seemed to have like a really good understanding of and and all of his kind of uh, all of the sort of touches he he put on the album uh, are really important, but they're also very sort of like sensitive. They basically help the songs to be what we wanted them to be, which I think is like just very it's very flattering to have somebody like that want to help you make your thing (laughs) you know like I think I'm still sort of like quite sort of overwhelmed by that really in some ways he has an incredibly tuned ear there's still some bits that he was doing I I can't even hear the difference like he would find like a slight like issue with a part of the recording within listening to the record and would hone it down hone it down I still can't hear it He, (laughs) he was amazing to watch um yeah and a beautiful man yeah it's yeah incredibly focused it's really it's really nice as well to work with someone that successful and not be intimidated he didn't make us feel you know pressured or scared about working with him he was so down to earth and also um it's it gives you a lot of confidence uh that you know uh he's done so much in music and you could, it was really nice to see where your kind of um, skill sets would overlap. And you think, you know, oh, he's actually, you know, he's not superhuman, you know, we're quite similar in a lot of ways. Um, and, and that gives you a lot of confidence kind of going forward, making records and, uh, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, other things you might be able to do in, in music. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed working with him. Yeah. So it, would you say it was just like a really brilliant kind of collaborative creative experience and that you all work together really well and yeah, I can kind of take that on into the next phase of dry cleaning as it were. It, it was amazing how he, he seemed to know us really well. Like from, we recorded the first day we met him, we recorded Unsmart Lady. It was kind of like just straight and we set up and we recorded that day. And he seemed to work us out as a group, but as individuals so quickly. And I think that's kind of like part of the skill as well of being a good producer of people management, time management, um, things that I never really thought about. Yeah. It's, uh, he, it was a great collaborative experience. I think it wasn't like, it wasn't totally smooth you know, he would challenge us at points uh, on, you know, at times where we weren't expecting it as well. And I think that's a necessary part of the process. Like very few people arrive at the studio having written material and it's just perfect. 
um, if the job was just pressing record, you know, John wouldn't need to be there. So it, there, there are there are challenging moments, and you know, it was really hard work. Um, you know, there was there's a fair amount of graft involved, but it's hard to see it that way because you're doing, you know, what, what you love, and and what you've spent, you know, your whole life kind of preparing for in a way. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say something else, and my mind's gone blank. Sorry. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to add to that, Flo? I don't think so. Yeah, it, it's exactly that. It it wasn't, you know. It wasn't, it, it was a, vi a vigorous process, let's put it that way. Like I was, I was tired <laughs> when we went home, you know, <laughs> like I think like definitely needed, uh, yeah, some lions and uh, <laughs> to eat quite a lot of food and just generally like walk out for quite a yeah. few days after recording the album, like a hundred percent. It was, it was definitely a vigorous process. Like, and that's part of why, that's part of why I sort of have come away admiring him so much because he's not the kind of person who just kind of uh, kisses your ass, you know, <laughs> and, and and tells you how great you are all the time. Like, because you know, that's obviously nice, but I don't I don't know if that really leads to like making anything worthwhile. Mm. So March, kind of last year, uh, I think did you, we did you have to abandon a US tour? You weren't in the US. We were in the US. We were in LA. Yeah, at this point. Oh, wow. Okay. So when that was kind of abandoned, was there a point where you were kind of thinking the making of the record was going to be seriously jeopardised and that 2020 was maybe going to be really difficult to get everything out of it that you had planned for? Not really, because we kept getting promised that we'd be out in a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So um, it always felt like uh, fairly soon we'd be out of this mess. Um, <laughs> and that actual recording timescale of when everything happened was still went to plan, like what we thought pre-pandemic. There was kind of two options, maybe recording slightly earlier or then. Mm -hmm. And so everything kind of stuck to the original plan. Was we, we were really fortunate, though. The week we recorded was maybe was the first week that we were allowed to record. Um, I think it's the yeah. first week or maybe just after the studio had opened. Everything kind of really worked in our favour. We were really lucky once again. Yeah, we were. John was available. The studio was available. We could, you know, physically go and do it. It all the kind of stars aligned, certainly. I think there was there was definitely a certain, like, there was, there was no certainty last year. You know, like, that, that, was, that was difficult. You know, uh, nobody knew at the start of the pandemic what, what, how it was going to turn out. And I, I suppose that that's, you know, that's the difficult thing, like thinking that you're going to go and do all this stuff and then actually not knowing whether it's going to happen or not. But I think we, we dealt with that really well. The, the, the US experience was really crazy. I mean, we had an amazing time in New York. Um, but that, you know, it was as literally as the COVID crisis was accelerating at like a thousand miles an hour. And we were in New York and literally the day after we left New York. It, it kind of felt like New York, we were just riding this wave, you know, like the like New York kind of completely shut down about a week after we'd been there. Mm. Um, but you wouldn't have known that when we were there. And then we went to Seattle and Seattle was kind of shutting down and then the show was canceled. We managed to squeeze in KEXP, but Seattle was a weird experience because we literally didn't go out. We just stayed in this house where we were kind of uh, staying for a few days. Uh, and then we just flew on to LA and then, 
shows started getting cancelled in LA. South by Southwest was cancelled. And then people started to talk about like, maybe we should get the hell out of here. Like it's, you know, it's, and, and it rained for like, we were in LA for like six days and it rained the whole time. Yeah. It looks like a disaster movie. There was yeah. just like pickup trucks filled with toilet roll and water. Um, <laughs> it was raining. It was just dark. Um, it was like the film Twister or some, something. <laughs> <laughs> Even at that point, I remember our manager was like, I'm going to book flights for us to go home. And I remember being like, oh, really? Like, I remember, <laughs> I remember even then thinking, that's a bit much. Like, which is so weird to think about now, because obviously we had to do that. But it's really hard to remember a time when it seemed, the situation we're in now seems so unfathomable. Like, that we were all just going to be in lockdown for a year. Like, that was completely so hard to grasp at the time. Yeah. I do remember landing back in London and the Mark Suspensers at the airport had no toilet roll. And I was like, I've heard about this. <laughs> and I'm like, I've read about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty dire. It was pretty dire. All the shelves were empty. But um, yeah, I guess as much as you couldn't comprehend the situation then, I guess now it's kind of reversed and it's almost like, it feels weird to think that you could go to another country and like tour again with any kind we of... We just effect. literally, just before this conversation we were talking about potentially going leaving this country later this year which is crazy to think because mm. mm. you've announced a tour a uk tour for march next year yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. i guess you know everybody's probably everyone in your situation is probably kind of desperate to get back out there and mm-hmm. particularly when you're releasing a, a debut record you know I guess the live space is kind of where your music is best represented. Would you say that's, that is true of you guys? I, I feel like it is. <laughs> so. We're live. We, we record live. We kind of capture the band sounds live. Live is a big part of our existence. It's kind of, yeah. even when we write, we write all together and we kind of capture what we were doing at that moment. And then we kind of try to recreate that in certain ways. Mm. Do you think in a weird way that the pandemic kind of gave you more if an unexpected kind of inspiration while recording and kind of writing and making that record do you think it would have been a slightly different record had the pandemic not happened i think it would have done it's hard it allowed us yeah it allowed us to sit with our music for a few months and listen to it ourselves which we hadn't done with previous records um we had a few months to kind of like just play over parts and kind of kind of think about your own parts and think about the songs more than we'd allowed ourselves to. Um, so I think it kind of part maybe evolved more than they would have done, or we gave the record more space potentially. Yeah, it, it, it kind of led to the use of drum machine on the record. Is that fair to say? Like it's a direct, mm. it, it led to mm. that happening, the yeah. lockdown. I don't think that would have happened. If, if if we weren't in that you know um if we, we were caught yeah the, the, uh, sorry we should give you some context the we, we made we, we were due to play a festival called sea change which is uh, run by the drift record shop down in um uh Totnes. Mm. and um uh they put they they changed obviously the format and they put they decided to do some online events and for that we did a couple of songs we were in lockdown at the time, so how we did it 
we, we had a Tascam four track tape machine and there's only four tracks on the thing. So each member of the band has got a track to kind of recreate their part of the song. And we decided to do a couple of new songs and the, the label was okay with that. So um, we did Scratch Card Lanyard and New Long Leg. Um, and uh, I, I live in a very small flat. Um, I can't record drums here. Uh, I can't even set up my drum kit here. So I, I did it, uh, uh, got quite a lot of, you know, stuff for making electric music, electronic music. And um, so I just, I just did it with a drum machine. Uh, but it sounded really cool. You know, we were, we were all really into it. And then we, we did a few little bits in the rehearsal space a few months after that with, you know, playing along with the, with the drum machine, kind of using it as an accompaniment. And I, I found that like a really enjoyable way to write. And then when we started working with John, he was like, this is great. Like, bring this, you know. And um, I think we even took the, t the Tascam machine to Rockfield with us, which mm. is kind of silly. Uh, but I, I believe Scratch Card lanyard the single uh we did what we actually did is we used the drum track from i believe we used the drum track from the sea change recording uh so we just took it straight from the from the tape machine uh and, and kind of played to that as a as a grid um but i think also the the lyrics changed quite a lot um yeah uh from from the point that lockdown started for sure mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah. definitely true that uh the basically all the fine tuning of the lyrics happened during lockdown you know like lewis said we all sort of uh sat at home listening to our demos you know and uh that's when i was really sort of finishing them and, and working on them and yeah, just I guess like the mood and the atmosphere was just so different. So there were definitely parts of songs that suddenly felt irrelevant to me or, or felt that, you know, I, I couldn't bring the right sort of um, emotional slant to um, with the world suddenly being so different. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I certainly swapped out things and added in things that, that felt uh, kind of truer to, to the situation, definitely just, just, to get a good performance you know mm. well it's so super brilliant i've listened to it so many times already i feel very pri privileged to have been able to hear it before it's out but it's so wonderful and yeah you're our album of the month for april Congratulations. Oh, thanks so thanks, thanks emily yeah. so, so excited uh you can get a t-shirt with the with the album we've got a little bundle for that it's very orange and very brilliant um, <laughs> yeah um, wish you all the best for this year. Hopefully there will be more positive times ahead and you can get back out there and do some live stuff and your abroad trips at the end of the year will happen. How are you kind of feeling about the whole Brexit situation? Is, you know, kind of touring in Europe a bit up in the air at the moment or how are you kind of navigating that? Oh, it's becoming slightly clearer, like as in how we can do it. It's starting to open up... Um, which countries are still going to be slightly difficult to tour. We kind of got a tour penciled in and it kind of seemed fairly possible. Luckily, we won't be doing the paperwork, but um, <laughs> there's going to be some poor person who's going to be doing a lot of paperwork. Yeah. It's probably going to cost a bit of money. Yeah, it is, it is quite scary. Um, I think maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know for sure, because 
I don't have a lot of information on this, but it does feel like we are in a better position than a lot of bands to be able to do this. Like our booking agents are not talking about this with any horrendous trepidation. Mm. I feel like there will be a lot of bands who are worse, worse affected uh, by this than, than we are. Um, but it's still really scary. And obviously Brexit is not something we feel particularly great about. Um, uh, shout out to my local MP, Harriet Harman, who is trying really hard, it seems, to um, you know, uh, work, get the government to work on, a, on, on rectifying uh, the situation so that you know, musicians um, can, can go to Europe and, and people can come to the UK from Europe uh and us not be in the situation we are in now but we'll see how that works out um what would be really sad is if if it sort of if it sort of heralded the end of um sort of like more diy kind of tours of europe for, for much smaller bands who basically just like organize it themselves mm. and and kind of treat it as a bit of a a sort of a yeah, like staying on people's sofas and stuff like that. And just just for the experience, you know, like to get out there and play, but also like, you know, a, as a sort of a creative exercise and something that's really fun to do. Mm. That's really sad, you know, because like we we obviously have people who we work with who who, who are able to put in hours researching it all and, and kind of, do you know what I mean? Like Lewis says, like deal with things like mountains of paperwork. But if you're in a band, and it's like you know how we used to be where you play on Sundays uh you know in the past people like that if they if they kind of organized themselves and saved up a bit of money could tour Europe you know mm. uh even if it's just a smattering of dates or whatever and and those kind of things are so important and people always have such fond memories of that kind of thing doing, doing that sort of thing in bands mm. and it's it's really sad that you know if mm. if if like in the future it basically just means like we can tour Europe but kind of any band smaller than us basically can't and that's that's really crap yeah that's yeah. so true most of my and Nick's past experience being in bands the highlights have been playing in mainland europe and I, I know tom feels the same he talks really highly about when he's toured as well like you you get treated really nice over there it's lovely to travel meet people um yeah it really encourages you kind of like elsewhere and you're even playing back here once you've kind of played and traveled a bit yeah, and it just kind of really um, kind of adds richness to that kind of ecosystem of, you know, people in Europe being aware of your music and being able to come over here. You know, at Rough Trade, we have so many bands from all over the place um, come through our doors and play our stages, and that's amazing. And I think we are all a bit worried about what it looks like post, well, post-pandemic, post-2021. But hopefully there will be a light somewhere that will enable <laughs> it all to be okay but yeah we will see but could you pick a track from the record that we can play you guys out with today sure this uh we're gonna uh play you out with the new long leg which is the title track wicked guys thank you so so much um hopefully we will see you in rough trade before too long and um yeah all the best of the record and we will see you soon. Thank Amazing. You. Thanks. Thank Thanks, Emily.
subscriptions help to support what we do so if you like what you hear then please rate us on itunes